She's an intuitive vocal coach who helps women, entrepreneurs, and singers create alchemy with their voices. She believes that your voice is your most powerful asset. It's the direct pathway to access your most authentic, confident self. It's the key to making more money, magnetizing soul-aligned fans and clients, and learning to love yourself more deeply than you could have ever imagined. So without further ado, let me bring on this wonderful woman. Hey. Hey. And let's all note your fabulous lip color. I'm loving it. Very on brand. The hot pink is in my brand. So I'm yeah. always wearing it. But I was telling Danielle before we got on camera that this um, lipstick is kind of a talisman for me when I'm going to go. And I tell my clients this who want to be live or who want to like share their music or go on stage and they have that little bit of nerves. It's like choose a talisman, kind of put on a character. And whenever I slide this lipstick on my lips, it's like, boom, I'm ready. It's like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce, right? Like she's she puts on those fishnets and her heels and and like it's a new person that sort of emerges. So um, that is that's the story behind the lipstick. I rarely you'll rarely see me live without a bright colored lipstick on. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally on board with that. hundred percent. I know I said too that like <clears throat> I tend to do my hair and makeup all the time, not because I feel like I have to or um, that I'm not you know good enough naturally. I it just works for me. It just changes something inside of me and I'm more productive. I'm more uh, with it. I feel more yeah. confident, I guess. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure it's a, really a vanity thing. It is just a... Um, no, it's an energy thing. Um, yeah. It's an embodiment thing. And this is, um, there are some peers in my space um, that teach on this. One of them, she's an amazing follow, especially if you're someone who's like, not sure how to dress yourself. I know for years, for, I struggled kind of with, especially being a singer, like I was on stage and I had these sort of costumey pieces that I would wear on stage and like the sequins and the gowns and the um, you know, the just stuff that you wouldn't just wear to Walmart or Target or whatever. I don't know why I said Walmart. I don't really shop at Walmart. No, no shame if you do. It's just not my, I don't know why that like is my example. That's like I never go there. But anyway, um, you know, you wouldn't just wear it around town. And then I'm, I have like lots of yoga and like comfy clothes that I wear. But I really always had a hard time just kind of dressing me, you know? And so, mm -hmm. um, one of the follows I've really enjoyed interacting with her content, her name is Ejeni Schultz, Ejeni Ejeni on Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember, but it's E-Y-E-N-I-E, -E, Ejeni. And her last name is Schultz, but she does, she dresses people by the elements. Oh. So fire, air, water, um, space and earth. And she added space in there. So I'm a fire, which is pretty obvious. And then it turns out, I think I'm a space. I'm a little, I'm pretty equal between space and water. Water is very flowy and space is kind of out of this world, like metallics and, um, just kind of funky, like David Bowie is very space and, um, fire is like interesting edges and bright colors. And it's like kind of that rock and roll vibe. So, um, after interacting with her stuff, she's an amazing follow if anybody's interested in going and checking her mm -hmm. out, but, um, she's got an, a podcast too called be the icon, but yeah, learning that, that way of like that formula of dressing myself just changed everything. And the, the real message, it had a lot less to do with vanity than it does with energy. And this is like the first fashion person that's ever sunk in with me because I'm not really a fashion interested person. Like I've never been into labels or like I'd rather spend money on my home than on my wardrobe. I'm just not like super, super into it. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that really got me excited when interacting with her is that it's like, it's an embodiment. It's like an energetic charge. Like how do you, what do you want to get done today? How do you want to feel at the end of the day? How do you want to feel? How do you want your songs or your content or your writing to come through and translate? And then how would that person dress versus, mm -hmm. um, cause forever I'd be writing my content or writing my music in my PJs and in my sweats. And like, I'm cool with that. I wear makeup very rarely when I'm just by myself. Um, I'm totally comfortable being seen in public and online without makeup on. I'm just, I'm comfy in my own skin, mm -hmm. but that shifted something. It was like, no, if you charge yourself with this hair, makeup wardrobe that like kind of is that version of you, the best version of you, like that energetic mm -hmm. yum, 
then it comes through and it translates into the energy of everything that people interact with you. So it really is another way of sort of magnetizing your ideal fans or your ideal clients or um, sort of just speaking into this character that, and I don't know, I, character is not the best word because I do encourage people to be very authentic online mm -hmm. and in their music and in their writing, but there is kind of like, you do kind of need that cloak of protection so you don't get hurt when you get rejected online because you're not for everyone. And that's an important thing to know as a singer and as an artist is that like you're never going to please everyone. And the harder you try, the more diluted your art gets. So it's yeah. like the more you can like kind of zero in on the energy you're trying to attract and let everything else fall away, the more successful you become. And then this is one way of accessing that is like, what do you wear? What color lipstick are you, you know, like I was literally an hour. I didn't get ready today all day. I put this makeup on at 530, you know, it's 07 <laughs> right now. Like I was in my sweats an hour ago and I'm comfortable letting you see me like that because I feel like I am worthy either way. Yeah. But this conversation, I was totally slumpy all day. My energy was just like, but I didn't want to do anything. And now I'm like, I am pumped up. I'm fired up. I'm here. So mm -hmm. it's an energetic choice. Yeah, I am all about this. And I love that you brought this up because um, I've never selected a, a word of the year. I did this year, but I've also selected a question of the year um, to kind of stay in alignment with um, the things I'm trying to do, you know, creatively, uh, goals, whatever it is. And the question is, how do I need to show up to make this happen? And um, one element of that is the way I dress, the way I put myself together. And um, yeah, it is, I, I agree, saying that you're stepping into a role or a character or something can seem funky, but it is, I guess it is kind of like that Sasha Fierce thing where you're just, you're, you're stepping in, you're embodying that spirit of, of, you know, what you kind of need to <laughs> conjure up to make these things happen and how you, how you want to feel while you're doing it too. Yeah. You know, doing the work. Yeah. And it, it's like, I think of it as almost like embodying a future version of myself because mm -hmm. I mean, and I get to take her off too, cause I want to be able to relax and like chill. I don't always need to be dressed. Right. But like, mm -hmm. It's like the version of me who has this next set of goals, like you're talking about what you want to get done creatively and like accomplish in your career this year. It's like that person, what does she look like and how do I be her now? Like that is really this trick to manifesting and to, to like continually leveling up and leveling up and like not ever really getting stuck is asking that question. Like, and the question I asked my clients yesterday was how can I be limitless today? And where am I being limited and how can I be limitless? Like, what is the version of me without that limit do and how does she behave? And so, yeah, I mean, this is, these are important questions for goal oriented people. And for, I think as artists, it's an important thing to have goal. In fact, I think one of the pitfalls of my own singing career when I was actively full-time singing and not doing any coaching or anything else was a lack of direction and goal setting because I think many people are so afraid to set goals because they think if they don't meet them, they fail. Mm -hmm. And so it really does take this adapting this mindset that there's no failure, that you can only fail or grow, fail or grow. And I know you and I have talked about this a couple in a couple different places in our in our conversations together, but it's like yeah. there's just there's either lessons or winning there there is no fail and mm -hmm. i think people are very hesitant to set um you know goals because it's like well if i don't meet it then i then i have failed and it's just not true it's like it, it's an arbitrary number you set the goal you get to move the mark whenever you feel like it if you you know and usually by setting the goal even if you don't get all the way there you're going to get maybe like a little farther than you had if you hadn't set the goal so intentionality is everything and in, like when we're talking about energy um intention actually influences outcome so <laughs> Hopefully I don't get this wrong. It gets a little complicated and I am not a scientist, much less a quantum physics scientist, but in the quantum field, what they find is that, that things like light, for example, can be both matter, which are particles and waves, which is like, like sound light, mm -hmm. you know, and what they have found is that the observer 
is who determines which is which. Like the person who's conducting the experiment and the and the intention of them determines whether they're viewing light as a particle or as a wave. And you mm. can do the same thing with your own energy. When we're in the beta mind, when we're like, I got to do this, I got to do this. Oh my God, what if I don't, what if they don't do this? And what if they don't like me? And I don't think I can do that. Like, blah, 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 blah. That's beta mind. Um, and when we go through practices such as med meditation or vocal toning or breath work, a dance, some kind of movement in the body, when you start to feel that energy shift around, um, you know, Jeffrey Allen Berkeley says science. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully I'm getting the science right. But when yeah. we shift from beta mind into alpha waves or theta waves, and theta is a little closer to sleeping and the alpha is kind of in between that like running monkey mind and the sleeping mind. Mm -hmm. um, so these are the ideal brain states for mindfulness, for for manifestation, for um, getting divine downloads and and kind of getting these energetic components of your creativity to come online that like just flow through you, these flow states. Um, and so we ourselves can be particle or matter. And that's when we're in matter state, we are like, that's when our stress hormones are taking over. And that's when we're like, kind of putting the mountain in front of ourselves to climb <laughs> or we can be waves and we can shift our brain waves into a different state where we actually become the universe. Essentially we become the same energy that is, that is around us in this quantum field. And so, um, yeah, the, it, it almost goes back to where we started is like these choices and how you spend your energy and how you choose to represent yourself energetically really matter. And they really do, they affect the intentionality affects the outcome. So the outcome of these experiments was always traced back to the intention that they set for the experiment. And it's, it happened over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. um, living an intentional lifestyle is something that has become like imperative to me in this last year, especially because mm -hmm. I think everything crumbled apart and it's like, well, did you make a choice mm. about how to move forward or did you just let the rubble beat you around? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a great message. I, I love that. I really, really <laughs> love that. Yeah. Hey, um, and I, I don't, I want to make sure that we give a shout out to, um, our comment section, Jeff Berkeley. Hey, 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 how are you tonight? Thank you for chiming in. Uh, he says, um, there is only do there is no try. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to say hi, and I'm going to be pronouncing this wrong. So I hope you will forgive me. It's Z or Zay. You let me know how to pronounce your name, but I know that you join us regularly and definitely appreciate you having there and the kind compliments. Thank you very much. Um, but so on that note, intentional living, I, this is what I, I love so much about your coaching practice because it is so like, ah, it's so heart centered to me and that's such a powerful thing. And I know that you, um, really strongly focus on, um, you know, intuitive living and, you know, really bring that into your, um, coaching practice and something that you had posted, um, this week really, really struck me. It was this, um, intuitive living song challenge that I don't know if you were just challenging yourself <laughs> with this yeah. or kind of charging everybody else with it, but you're talking about, um, learning to sing songs that randomly get stuck into your head, probably because, they drifted there on purpose, you know, and I, I love that message. And the fact that you had kind of um, identified where the root of this song was in your life, kind of tracking back to when you were first introduced to it. And obviously first when it made an impact um, on you, um, you had talked about um, it was the year that uh, your family was experiencing divorce and, um, and a number of other things. And I've never, I've never looked at music like that. And it really, really, really struck me. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And yeah, I would love to <laughs> you process that. I would love to. Um, okay. So this 
even just the last part of 2020 is when I really finally accepted some of my own gifts intuitively as well as, and I don't, by the way, think I'm special. I really truly believe that everyone has intuitive gifts. It's that I just spend time in meditation and I change my brain state very regularly. And so it flows easily to me. Whereas I think people who have never experienced that um, connection with source uh, or connection with the universe or whatever you want to call it, God even, um, it's harder to access because if you're always in that ego mind beta brain state, it's just like, it's just not flowing there. So it's like people who are surfers or dancers or singers, like I'm sure many of our singers have experienced that sort of um, losing yourself. Like you you become no place, no thing, no time, no one in the middle of that song. And then when I'm done singing, sometimes it's like, I just feel sort of a, um, I just kind of know if it was good or not. I don't really yeah. remember the details. You know, it's like, oh, that felt good or that felt like it was rocky. Um, so in this process of especially having all that space and time last year, I really went deep within and also really started to examine my relationship with God. What does that mean to me? Um, I started to examine just what like what spirituality meant because I was very closeted spiritual and I felt like I didn't really know that much about it. And I was like, if I talk about crystals and tarot cards, I'm, everybody's going to make fun of me. And I was very afraid to like sort of come out of the broom closet, if you will. And so just even in the last few months, I was like, you know what? Life is too short. The people who judge me don't pay my bills and right. the people who don't judge me are going to come through and love what I'm talking about yeah. because it's really like what's been truly on my heart. And so what you're talking about, I was like, okay, I've just been getting these super random songs in my head. And I think everybody experiences that from time to time. I don't know. I mean, you guys would have to tell me, I don't know your brain, but like, for me, it's always been a thing where like, okay, where the hell did this song come from? I literally haven't heard this in years. And so at some point in this spiritual journey of mine, I kind of decided that there is no coincidence, that there is no such thing as like, I believe synchronicity is abundance. It's a form of abundance. It's what I call like following the breadcrumbs or like listening to the pings. So when I notice something like a message that comes up a couple times in a few different ways or um, just like a, I don't know, if anything comes up repeatedly or there's coincidence, I'm like, oh, this is like guidance. I consider that guidance. And um, I believe all of us have this internal guidance system. We're just very used to, especially here in America, just tuning it out and plowing through and pushing, pushing, pushing. And I just don't think we listen very well. So right. um, <laughs> right. I don't think I'm super special in this, but some of my gifts include um, clear audience, which means I hear messages sometimes when I'm in meditation. Like, in fact, the bold vocal um, was born off of this message that came through. I was like, I had had a fight with a family member. It was pretty upsetting and I was crying and just really energetically charged. And I heard like, it's not like a voice. It's just kind of an annoying. And I heard heal the effing world. <laughs> I won't, I won't drop the F bomb on your, on your channel. I'll be polite, <laughs> okay. but it was like, really <laughs> <effing> world. like <laughs> this is how you start because this is the low hanging fruit. This is what you know how to do is teach singing. And so um, really my company has always had this kind of holistic healing agenda and mm -hmm. it's just now being vocalized as like yeah that's what I do before it was like I'll teach you how to sing and then I'd like sneak in the personal development and now it's like full-on nope this is what I do mm -hmm. and um so part of that clear audience is like you hear things um and I started to wonder if maybe the songs that are running in my head are messages too, like, is there something here for me versus just some randomness? It's like, it makes no sense. So the song, the song I posted was coming out of the dark, which is a 1991 Gloria Estefan hit. Like I was, I was nine years old when that came out. Um, and I can't, I don't listen to any radio or Spotify channels that that would play. Like there's no reason yeah. <laughs> this song should be circulating in my head other than maybe the message or maybe that. So, and, and it's just about getting curious. So I was like, well, I wonder what this song, how this got here. Hmm. And another one that came in recently was Forgiveness by Don Henley. And it's like, I haven't listened to a Don Henley solo record. Like, I mean, apparently adult contemporary is all of my, guide, my guides love early nineties um, adult contemporary hits, but um 
so yeah, I started looking at that and I was like, okay, forgiveness. Like, well, what do I, what do I need to forgive? So first that's that question is like, why the word forgiveness is like, just, it's literally just forgiveness, forgiveness. And it's just looping. I'm like, okay. So that kind of sent me on a, where do I need to forgive myself? Where do I need to forgive others? What kind of space can I clear by, by acknowledging that forgiveness is a theme that's like intuitively coming through me? And I did. I like, I, I wrote a big long letter to money. I sat in my bathtub and cried and like wrote like a letter for giving money for like blaming it for all kinds of things. And, and it gave me so much insight. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm blaming money for like the argument I had with someone before they died that I never get to take back. Like these big things in my life, like, and money's very charged. So I, I'm sure you guys could probably find some forgiveness of money stuff in your own way too. But, you know, letting that go has opened me up to receive more wealth and it has, it has lightened the load and the shame and the guilt and like these really heavy, heavy, dense frequency emotions around that for me. And it all came from a Don Henley song circling in my head. So then I was like, okay, let's keep doing this. And the next one that came was coming out of the dark. And it was so interesting because I was like, well, when, when is, when did I even know this song? So it's from 1991. That was when the year that my parents split. Um, and I was often probably at work with my mom. She was a, she owned a hair salon. And so she became a single mom and I was like a young kid. And, um, so I remember going to work with her pretty often when she didn't have childcare because she owned the salon and I was pretty precocious. I, I would like answer the phones and, you know, clean, sweep the floor after haircuts and stuff. She'd like have me work a little bit. Um, but I can totally remember that song playing over the top 40 radio station in my mom's salon when I was a kid. And that was probably that first time in my life when I was really, truly sad and confused and realized that singing was that outlet for me that like, when I sing, I feel better and I can kind of escape my day-to-day -day problems. And I don't ever remember singing that song in particular. So it's not like this is something I love. It's not even a song I remember like loving, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it did put me right back in that time. It was like that kid that like was like mm -hmm. kind of felt like, no, she didn't really have anywhere to be right. Like I was like always having getting drugged to work with my mom or like, mm -hmm. um, being home alone with my brother who didn't want to babysit me. And like, you know, so it was this kind of feeling of being lost and, and very sad. And then the Estefan started coming through and I was like, okay, well I lived in Miami. That's where I studied singing in college. And I just remember like being this young beginning corporate singer where I was starting to get gigs. It was like, um, if you were on a gig with somebody who played in the Miami sound machine or in the Estefan tribe, you were like, Oh, like that meant yeah. you were like climbing that ladder because the Estefans essentially ruled Miami music for the last few decades. And I'm sure it's kind of been taken over by Shakira and Pitbull these days, but yeah. like, you know, <laughs> like that they, I'm sure the Estefans actually still have quite a grip on that, on that community. Um, but so it was like, I don't know. And this song in particular was written by John Cicada and John Cicada sang oh, yeah. the background vocals and my vocal coach, my mentor, Beth toured with John Cicada doing his background vocals. And so like, this is actually like a direct lineage of my, my mentors is coming like Gloria, John, Beth, me. And so it really put me back in the shoes of this 20 something year old kid with like super big dreams. And, um, it kind of made me reflect on, the places in my career where I kind of messed it up, but like I can see as an adult where I chose away from something I thought I wanted, mm -hmm. but I didn't really want it. And then, you know, and then when I read about what the song is about, it's about she um, was in a, a tour bus crash. She got hit by a semi truck in her tour bus and it broke her back. She had to have a very like delicate surgery. And they weren't sure if she would walk again. They thought she might die. She was almost dead. And like, it took a year to recover and start singing again. And this was the debut song that she was like, this is the song I'm going to come back with. And she does say in an interview, like, I hate pity. I don't want people to pity me. So this is the only time I'm mentioning it on this whole new album. I'm going to do this one song about triumph. And I thought about that too. And I was like, okay, well, like all the hardships in my adult life, like I finally found kind of this this spirituality that really feels like home for me. It feels uh, like for the first time in my life, I have a relationship with God that doesn't freak me out. Like I can say God, like a year ago, I couldn't have even said the word, even like, you know, I, you and I both sing at Seaside 
Mm-hmm. And it makes me like the word prayer would make me uncomfortable. The word God would make me uncomfortable because I have some religious wounding from being a kid in the Bible Belt in the Midwest. And my mom was raised Catholic and my dad, I don't know, <laughs> he used to go to the church uh, at the racetracks on the weekends. He was a race car driver. But I was not like a Christian background. But then I also like at some point kind of went through a born again phase. And then my best friend broke up with me because I had like gotten all Jesus freaky. And so she like kind of shunned me and all my friends turned against me. And so like just the mention of God or prayer has really made me uncomfortable up until very recently when I finally defined it for myself and what it means. And I defined it through the lens of quantum quantum physics and energy. Like this energy is God to me and energy is everything. And I am God and I am energy and all of that, right? And we are each other. The sense of unity has really come home for me. And so this song coming out of the dark, it was like this, what led up to me finding this was an almost decade long period of grief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it does feel that way. It's like, oh my God, I feel like I finally see the light. Like there's, there is life after death for me. That's what I believe. I don't believe in heaven and hell though, right? I believe in consciousness and I believe that consciousness is everything and that that's my medium that I play with. So, so yeah, learning to sing that song, first of all, and two, it taught me new skills. I was like, oh, I can't do some of this. Like, let me, let me actually like bring my chops up to speed while I'm at it and like explore what this song feels like in my body and to like really get to know it the way a singer would get to know it. So mm-hmm. that was a very long answer for a very short question, but yeah, that's kind of my plan is to let those intuitive hits really take the lead and trust that they're not an accident and like that I'm meant to find or see or know something from it. Because even if I'm making it up, I still gain so much insight from it whether or not it's like actually a psychic download or if it's just some random part of my brain firing from 20 years ago, it doesn't really matter because it allows me this vehicle to really get to know myself and heal myself. Like all Mm -hmm. of these little pieces that kind of shatter through your life get to be brought home and like Mm -hmm. integrated back into the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I talk a lot. I, well, that's why I wanted to bring this up because I love, I love how you process this and they're from just hearing a song, everything that you've been able to unpack, you know, with just that, you know, um, <laughs> song that got stuck in your head. And it just, it's such a good reminder because I've always, um, well, I guess nowadays I refer to that thing as the still small voice, you know, and it's more often than not one that I ignore, but <laughs> on a good day, you know, I will slow down and, and I'll, you know, listen to those things. And I can definitely look back on, um, so many occurrences of paying attention to that and how much, um, how much it helped me process things or helped me take, um, big or small actions that led to major turning points in my life, you know, and, um, it's, I, I, just, I love that you posted that. It was just such a, a good reminder. And <laughs> yeah, I'm glad because I was like, this, that was one of those things that felt kind of risky to me. Like I was saying about putting on your talisman and being like untouchable online. It's like, this could go one of a couple ways, you know, and just being able to detach from that and just say, hey, if people don't resonate with this or if they don't like it, then whatever, who cares? I tried something. It's like, it's not the end of the world. But I mean, I say that. And then of course, I'm sure there will be a point at some point when somebody trolls me and I'm like, you know, in a blanket around the corner, just crying for a couple of days, but I'll get over <laughs> that too. You know what I mean? Like I can handle it. But, um, you know, the still small voice within is actually, um, a unit in the personal development program that I teach right now, which is called own your voice Own your magic. And I'm thinking of rebranding it for the relaunch of to vocal manifestation method, because it's really, mm-hmm. as I've been, toying with it and actually living through it, like letting it live through me and teaching it, it's turning out to be quite a bit about manifestation and reaching your goals by using your voice to clear your energy, to set your boundaries, to um, speak up for yourself, all these, all these things that come along with like achieving something along the way. And, um, but the still small voice within is one of the units that I taught. And that's exactly what it is. It's just, it's getting quiet, getting still and like listening. And then the real key is what you're talking about is actually trusting it enough to do exactly as it says, even when it seems like 
totally out of left field or like, it's very hard for us to unlearn some of this because sometimes my still small voice within is like, you need to just go get a bag of chips and sit on the couch and chill. Like you need to just not do anything right now. Yeah. And that's really hard when we've been trained that like to accomplish something we have to do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. And so learning to stop doing and start being some way is challenging for, I think definitely for American culture. And I'm sure for many, many other people in the world. Um, so learning to trust it and act on it blindly, that's kind of where this song thing came from was like, I'm just going to do exactly as it says and like not question it and see where it leads me. Because what I found is like this guidance system that we all have, this intuitive knowing, it's it's lighting a path. It's like the... Um, like the airline flight attendants and they're like, you know, in case of emergency, the aisles light up and you follow the light and you just like, it's right here. It's illuminated for you. We made it as easy as possible mm -hmm. because we know you're going to be panicked and freaked out. So look, check it out. There's these light strips. We're going to be here. We're going to show you what to do. And I feel like that's what the inner guidance system does. It's like, it's, it is lighting the path for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, but over here, I promise if you follow this, it's going to be so much easier. And you're like, yeah, no. And you do this. <laughs> and that's why I say you can't fail. You can only have lessons because when you take that other turn that you ignore the lighted path, you get the lessons. And this is when life gets bumpy. It's when things get hard. It's when you kind of keep getting these obstacles in your way, one thing after the other, these hurdles. Um, you know, and so when that's happening to you, I invite you all to just stop, <laughs> put a hand on the heart, put a hand on the belly, start to take some really nice, slow, deep breaths, calm your nervous system and take a, take a moment to just listen to the voice. Like, what should I do right now? And if you stay still and quiet long enough, it comes through, there's an answer. Mm -hmm. And that answer is never a lie. It's just never the wrong answer. The mm -hmm. only time you get the wrong answer is when it's like, the ego mind talking. And there's a big, there's a way to tell this still small voice within from the ego. And it's that the ego bargains with you. And it's like, yeah, but if you did this and it like kind of jumps on either side of the fence and it's very mm -hmm. concerned and like, but there's a lot of buts and the still small voice within is much quieter. Like that's why they call it that. It's not as chattery, but it it's always truth. It's always, it's always, in your best interest. And, and the still small voice within never calls you mean names and it never criticizes you and it never tells you you can't do it or you're not good enough or nobody loves you or you, none of that. That's all here. And the trick to living this intuitive, intentional life that unfolds in this such a beautiful way, in spite of a pandemic, in spite of a crazy election, in spite of an insurgence, all of this happened around me this year. And it was horrible to watch. Like I am not, not affected by that, but my career and my faith and my solid footing has stayed beneath me yeah. because of this, because I got out of here and got into here and singing mm -hmm. does that. We have to bring that belly breath really low in the body. We have to pass that vibration through the chest area. Like we're literally spinning open our chakra centers by just making the sound and creating the proper breath support to make that sound. And so singers, you have a huge advantage in this work that you already know how to use your voice and resonate and breathe. And these are the things that put you in a state of being able to really hear your intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the way that you connect these things. And that, that makes me think actually of another, um, thing that you had posted about, um, breath and, and how things connect, you know, originating from the breath. Um, and it is, I mean, it, it's kind of a different topic, but at the same time, it's not, it is They're all the same talking topic about, <laughs> talking about starting from these very, simple, basic, you know, organic things. Um, but, um, tell, tell me, tell everybody about the post that you made. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know what you're talking okay. about. So, um, the foundation of the post is that the quality of your breath determines the quality of your voice. So I teach that to singers all the time. It's like, if they're not pleased with their vocal tone, the first thing we check in is with the breath, because sometimes it's the resonance, 
Sometimes it's the larynx, like there's other mechanics involved in vocal tone, but almost always, if you come back to the breath, if you take that quality breath first and then sing, you're going to get a better a quality of vocal tone that is more pleasing. So the mm -hmm. first, you know, pillar is the quality of your voice or the quality of your breath determines the quality of your voice. And then the next pillar is that the quality of your voice determines the, the impact of your message or the hubby's walking around back there. Um, <laughs> he's going to go get us some dinner. Thank you, babe. So the quality of your voice determines the like impactfulness of your message, whether or not you get heard, whether or not people love your song and follow your page, or like, it doesn't matter if you're selling something or singing something or writing something like when you tap into the breath, you tap into that flow, you tap into a calmer sense of nerves and you can like really be creative. It's really hard to be creative when your nervous system is reacting. And we have a ton of triggers, like just even social media, this can be triggering and it's not like it's meant to be, <laughs> it's meant to trigger yeah. feel good addictive hormones. And it's also meant to trigger you to feel like total S about yourself so that you are addicted to seeing what other people do all the time mm -hmm. and trying to compare. So the quality of your voice determine, or the quality of your breath determines the quality of your voice. The quality of your voice determines the impactfulness of your message. The impactfulness of your message determines like how much money you make and how many fans you have and how many invites you get to speak or sing on other people's stages, how many gigs you get. Your communication is so important. And that really affects your quality of life. So when you boil it down, the quality of the breaths that you're taking into your body directly impact the quality of the life that you're leading, whether you feel calm, happy, fulfilled, and excited about it, or whether you feel stressed, not enough, and, um, you know, inadequate about it. Because if that's the case, I almost guarantee you, you're spending your life from the neck up. You're breathing from here up. You're staying up here in your head and you're not getting into your body with your breath or with your emotions. So, um, yeah, the breath is, it's, it's incredible what breath can do. And singers really do have this advantage of learning how to breathe low in the body from mm -hmm. the first time you start singing. That's like the first thing we teach you. Right. Yeah. So it's, um, I do feel like I think singers spiritually have an advantage over most people in a couple of ways. One is the breath. Two, I think when we learn resonance and when we learn how to like really sing powerfully, um, you've heard the saying maybe that like singing once is like praying twice. Mm. Ooh, I think I like we that. just tap into universal energy faster by singing. I think it's more impactful. It's like yeah. it just because you, music is the language of the universe. Music is universal language. It, it crosses all time, all space, all cultures, all boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's something that raises the frequency of the room, no matter where you are. Like, I mean, I suppose you could argue that like death metal and things don't, but for some people that makes them very happy. You know, yeah. I think there are like, there are sounds that are cacophonous that are not pleasing and necessarily like soothing, you know, but mm -hmm. um, for the most part, music is it's a universal language it's like mathematics you know mm -hmm. and so i think when you communicate in terms of music you really actually are speaking the language of the universe and i think you just get closer to god and before i was able to say god before i understood what prayer meant for me before i was um spiritual and thought that god only meant religion mm -hmm. i would have told you that the way i pray is to sing the way that i connect with God is to sing. And it's because mm -hmm. it creates a feeling state. It creates a state in my being that feels yeah. peaceful. Yeah. And excited too. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I really, I love this work that you do so much. And I'm, I'd love to hear, um, maybe some examples or, um, some experiences that your clients have had applying these things in their life, because this year, I mean, you couldn't have picked a better year to be um, unpacking <laughs> these things in your coaching practice, you know? I don't believe forward. in coincidences. I think yeah. this is exactly how it was supposed to go for me. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, like recently, again, I started working with not just singers, but also um, women um, because I really do 
believe like the future is female or like um i just i i really stand for a world where there is more feminine leadership and today was like the perfect example of perfect. what is possible um i don't know if you watched any of that and got yeah. chills and cried and did all the things but <laughs> yes. um you know watching the poet who spoke watching um kamala take her um her vow not her vows is it her vows her her uh, yeah. words. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of them until I really need them and then they're gone. <laughs> but, you know, watching her swear in like her yeah. oath, her oath. Um, it was, it was so moving yeah. and, you know, whatever you believe politically, like obviously not everyone supports this team being in the white house and that's okay. But, you know, there was a piece of history made today and it really does support where I see our world heading. We, we're actually, uh, you know, if we want to go out to the woo side, which I do like spending time there, we are headed into the age of Aquarius. We're actually right now we're in Aquarian season, but we're mm -hmm. actually headed into the actual age of Aquarius, which is more about self autonomy, more about sovereignty, um, personal freedom, less like government being one person ruling over them all. Mm -hmm. um, and it just has a lot of themes of freedom. And I think we're starting to redefine what freedom means and who gets to participate in this system of freedom yeah. and um, whose voices are represented. That's a very important pillar of my work is like representing voice on all levels, not just singers, but what is your voice, intuitive voice, your, your speaking voice, your political voice, your written voice, like your creative voice. These are all important for every single human. Mm -hmm. And so getting to see, um, you know, a very young poet stand in the shadow of Maya Angelou today and like step up to that same mic or maybe not the exact same mic, but you, you know what I mean? Um, and, and read her poem that was so brilliant and so perfect for the times. And I was, I was reading that she um, did not, they didn't tell her like what it had to be about. This was just, they just gave her a blank slate and that's what she wrote. And it was wow. so perfect. And um, you know, Madam Vice President being sworn in and um, a man who, whether or not you support him being president, at, at least on surface level from what we can see, is making an effort to diversify his surroundings and knowing that like the echo chamber that is just carbon copies of himself hasn't been working. Mm -hmm. So like getting more representation surrounding him in his yeah. consultation team. So I, you know, I don't actually make my, my platform about politics at all. I intentionally stay out of it, but it is about voice. And so I think I definitely stand for a future where women have equal voices, where people of color have equal voices. And, um, so this was a big day. This was a big day for people yes, who was. believe in that way. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what the question was now though. <laughs> well, we were talking about we were talking about how um being uh intuitive living and how it connects with um you know your life as a singer and how some of your clients are kind of applying that in their own ah. lives in their you know with singing but I was like I have to work with women because yeah. I want women to just kick so much ass, you know, yeah. um and and really to just kind of do away with this narrative that like there is a glass ceiling or that there is a limit like how can we be limitless? How can we step up and get that seat at the table that we we don't need to earn it. You're worthy of it just from existing and um so kind of like doing away with some of those white male pa patriarchy or ordeals and my one of my girls the other day was like, can we get a t-shirt made? Because I said, I love men. I love men. I just hate the patriarchy. Like, so and they can both exist at the same time, you know? Um, so I'm definitely not a man hater. I love men and I, I love divine masculine, but I really do think it's time for women to rise and shine. And we must first kind of do away with some of these conversations. So in this container where this is the specific work, we're not singing in this container. We're really talking about these themes of voice and what it means across many levels. Um, one of my girls was living at home in her parents' basement and she was just feeling really stuck and not sure where to go. And in the time that we've been working, she's manifested a free place to live in New York City, which is like the dream place she wants to go. Um, she got a gig from one of our fellow clients. A five, she's a writer, an aspiring like pro writer. She got a $500 like 
she didn't even ask for it. My client was like, I will give you $500 to help me write this email sequence. So she's got another freelance gig. And then a client she already had offered to pay her for the year up front um, instead of going month by month. And so mm -hmm. she's like, let me just pay you this, this sum. And so in the course of our work and like moving through this and like she was feeling so stuck and lost, all of a sudden she's got a free place to stay. 500 bucks in her bank account, another client that wants to pay her up front, which totaled like exactly the amount of money she needed to get to New York. Um, she did not get a job that she had applied for, but you could tell, I could tell she didn't want it. And it was sort of like this blessing, you know, it was like she applied for the job, she didn't get it. And then all these little other things started falling in place. And that's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about the path. When you're, when you're making the decisions that are going to serve your life and your purpose, even if you don't know what your purpose is, like you don't even have to know it's there, whether or not you're cognizant of it, these start, these, these little cogs kind of fall into place. And so, mm -hmm. um, that happened. And then another of my clients wants to be a homeowner. And so, um, in the course of our work over the last few weeks, um, we opened up a savings account for her and you know, the nail salon shut down. So she's like, I'm going to put all of my money from getting my nails done into the savings account. And then, um, I think there was one, she had another stream of income that, you know, it was something she set up a while ago. And I was like, where's that money going? She's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're taking that money, rerouted into this bank account, you know, and then um, we're like, how can we like kind of pull in some other streams of income for you? And, you know, now she's got a bank account with like over a thousand dollars in it that she's like putting toward a down payment of a home. And it happened like that. And it's like, people mm -hmm. think a thousand dollars is a lot of money and it is to a lot of people. But like we pulled that together in no time flat for her just by like rearranging her resources. And so I think that's one of the things with like manifesting that people don't get is like they think it's just like money falls out of the sky and hits you over the forehead and you're like, boom, I'm rich. And it's just it's not like that. It's like you have to take aligned action toward your goals. And a lot of people, you know, if manifestation is not a, a word you like, we can call it goal setting. But the only difference is we approach your goals by aligning your energy with it instead of just like plowing through. We've been taught to just chug along and like try, try, try. And the harder you work, the farther you'll get. And manifestation says, no, the more universal you be, <laughs> the easier it becomes to be the thing that you want to, to call in the thing that you want. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like that happened within a few days. She had like a thousand bucks in a bank account that she started for this homeowner. And now, and then that action becomes like, now I can do it. I can see it. The vision becomes so real versus like before it was like, oh, I couldn't buy a house. That's like a lot of money. And like, where am I going to get the money? And it's so expensive and something, all these stories. And then all of a sudden she's got this bank account called down payment on a house with a thousand dollars in it. And it becomes more real every little step. And it, and then you believe it more and it like you open your heart to it. It goes faster. So um, that's been a really fun experience of letting the voice be the medium through which we create the reality we want to see. And mm -hmm. I still love coaching singers. I also, you know, I, I work with singers inside the Academy and I'd say the way that this work works through my singers specifically is often through songwriting or song choice, which is like alchemy. Okay. So at the beginning of this call, you use my bio and it says, I help singers and entrepreneurs and women create alchemy. This is another word that's like trendy, buzzy and cool, but what the hell does it actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> so alchemy is when we change one substance to another and you need three things to have alchemy. The first thing is the substance itself. Mm -hmm. So in the case of manifestation, it's like consciousness is the substance. But in the case of let's use my grief as an example, I always go back to this because it's very easy for me mm -hmm. to talk about. And now it is, but I mean, it's easy for me to describe. So let's say I want to alchemize my grief into hope or joy or peace. Okay. Cause that's where you would go from one to the other. Grief is a very dense, heavy emotion. Joy, peace, calm is a very light and loving emotion. They're on total opposite ends of the emotional spectrum and the frequencies that those create within the body and within the field. So if I wanted to use songwriting or, or a like a cover song, like the one we talked about in order to alchemize my grief into peace, mm -hmm. um, you need three elements. You need the substance, the container, and the energy. So the substance is the grief. The container is the song. 
and the energy is me writing it or learning it and singing it over and over or like doing the research on, you know, the Gloria Estefan song. What did this, what did this mean? Like, why did she write it? What does it mean to me? Where does it take me? How does that person need to be nurtured, that version of myself? Um, so the alchemy is simply turning one emotion into another via music. In in the case of my singers, it's like, we're going to write about the things that really trouble you, which seems really scary. But the thing is, is that the more often you sing it, it neutralizes. So like I've written a few songs about losing my boyfriend 10 years ago to an accident and I couldn't write about it for a really long time because it was just too much. And what I realized at some point is that when I actually go sit at my piano, let myself ugly cry, like get snot on the keys, my poor piano has seen me at my very worst, you know, um, when I let that come through me and write it anyway, even though I know that that's going to hurt and it's going to be like, it kind of is a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. But when I let that happen and come through, it changes. That's the alchemy, right? The song becomes this container in which the emotion neutralizes and it, and, and it first becomes more neutral. And then eventually over time becomes joyful. The song that I wrote called um, Elegy, which is literally an elegy. It's like about his death. Um, and it's in, I'm talking to him in it. I'm like, I say the word you, I'm like speaking to him as a person who's no longer with us. And it's like, like, it's just it's like, it killed me to write it. And it went from being so hard to write to something that I did often enough that like, I, I couldn't even sing it without crying at first. Like when I first wrote it, I'd get on stage to do it and it would make me cry. And then I did it again and I did it again and I did it again. And eventually I stopped crying and it felt kind of neutral. It was like, mm-hmm. just chill. And then I did it again and I did it again. And now when I sing that song, it brings me joy. It, it like brings me so much peace. And it's because that, that thing that was so difficult to emo- be with through the container and the energy of music and singing became something that was more easy to be with. In fact, mm-hmm. pleasurable to be with even. And it's really helped my heart heal. So that's what I mean about alchemy. It's those three elements, substance, container, energy. And when you put those three together, you can create magic. Yeah. Oh man, that's so great. I, I, I love so much how you break this down in the examples that you gave, um, you know, just applying it in your life and how it works and with your clients and everything. I think I just want to say, you know, to whoever's listening, if this doesn't resonate with you, or if it feels like it's too out there woo for you, Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to challenge you to, um, drill down to a a lower level of this and really kind of simplify it. Because if there were ever a time in life to um, consider these things, it would probably be now. So, you know, (laughs) uh, most of the audience here are um, singers and times are tough for singers. You know, things are looking more um, optimistic, but still tons of uncertainty. Um, And so if you are just swimming in that uncertainty and sadness, depression, or just, you know, not knowing what to do, um, consider some of these practices, Um, just, you know, listening to that still small voice or um, trying to, you know, use um, something as simple as processing through a song like this. I know that this can come in so many different, you know, variables or, um, you know, formats to use, but um, that's just one of the things that I love so much about, you know, your coaching practice, because um, the timing just couldn't be more perfect, you know, to be able to apply these things. And um, I think what you're doing is great. So add on to that for me, tell, um, tell everyone what, you know, if this is kind of a new concept um, to someone listening, but they are in a difficult place that could use um, some getting unstuck or wherever they're at, what are some like super simple starter steps? Yeah. Start small and start with where you are and what with the, with what you have. Because I think when a lot of people, I think meditation is almost always the first key for me is like a mindfulness practice of some sort because we have to get you and your body to understand that there is another state other than beta brainwaves and fight flight mode. So first, it's very important that you actually connect with 
source. You connect with universe or you can just call it connecting with yourself, coming to your higher self because there is a higher self within you that always is looking out for you. And it's not based in fear. It's based in love. So um, kind of that's a great question to ask yourself when you're making decisions or when you're just like trying to figure something out. Is this fear or is this love? Is this fear or is this love? Does this put me in my worth or take me out of my worth? And that's your answer right there. Like just go for the love, go for the worth. And that's tough for some of us, especially if we have some self-loathing tendencies, which I certainly did. And in fact, I came to this work through depression, through anxiety and depression that was crippling. So it, it's not to say that you need to be all sunshine and rainbows. In fact, emotional intelligence means that you actually feel your feelings. And the difference is, is after a while, you start to learn what feelings need to be processed. Like when do you need to sit down at that piano and weep until you're yeah. done? And when do you just shift your energy and let it go and go, this is old. This isn't for me anymore. I don't allow this anymore. I don't want this anymore. And just let it go. And you can just do a simple mindfulness practice to shift your, your energy. Um, so I'd say the easiest step is a, is a meditation practice. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and intimidated by that because of a few misconceptions. I think the first misconception is that you have to like sit on a mountaintop in perfect silence and it has to be like hours of your life and you sit in the cross-legged completely rigid situation and like you leave your body and it's this huge thing and there is that in meditation that is but that's like a stereotype and those are very advanced like monks and things that do that it's yeah not the typical american living our day-to-day -day life so the first step i started using the calm app that's where i started which is not free um but it, i paid for it. it was like 60 bucks for a year and mm -hmm. that like really was a big turning point in my anxiety and depression was a 10 minute per day practice and it like checks it off for you so i did the thing where um don't break the chain. I saw how many days I could go in a row without breaking the chain. And then I'd try to beat my record and it just became kind of a little game. The universe loves games. It loves play. So, mm -hmm. um, it's, if you can find a way to make this fun and easy, that's the best way. You don't want it to be hard or something that feels like a to do because you're not going to do it. So make it fun, make it easy and don't make it a big thing. Like just five to 10 minutes a day is enough and it can be guided. You don't have to do it on your own because I mean, I've been meditating for a long time and I still am like, what do I do? Do I like need to like go through a certain process or do I just mm -hmm. sit here? Like I like guides because it helps yeah. me, you know, me focus. Too. Um, me and also know that meditation can look like a lot of things. It can be, there can be movement. If you're somebody who feels um, unsafe is probably the best word, sitting still. So either you have a mind that gets stuck in rumination mode where that, that like intrusive thought is on loop and you can't stop it, then sitting still and quiet might make it worse, right? Yeah. Um, or if you're somebody who has had any sort of bodily trauma, like, um, you know, sexual trauma or um, abuse of any sort, being still and quiet can be very, it can actually re, re-spark trauma. So know that that if that's you and like that you can't just force, most of us have a hard time sitting still, especially when this is new. So if you're not somebody that falls into those categories, um, just force yourself to sit there for five minutes and just, just force it until it becomes easy. Your body will follow your mind. If you're like, no, I know you want to get up. I know you think you have to pee. I know you think your nose itches, but it doesn't just sit still and breathe. If you can make yourself do that for five to 10 minutes, it, your body will follow. It'll be like after a couple times, it's like, oh, I know what we're going to do here. Cool. Okay. Yeah. But if you're somebody who has trauma or like really severe rumination or anxiety, then that might not work. And the, all it could be is like, go for a nature walk and don't speak. Don't put on headphones. Don't put on music. Don't put on a podcast. Go out and be silent and, and like take in with your senses, breathe the fresh air, touch the leaves, hug a freaking tree, put your bare feet <laughs> on the ground, you know, like go be with nature. And that counts as meditation too. Dancing counts. Like there's a lot of ways, but the most simple and straightforward would be just to sit down in a meditation. And I think if you're looking for something free, I really like insight timer because they have guided meditations and that is a free app. Um, and they also have like little gongs and bells that you can set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes. So when you get a little more advanced and you maybe don't want all the guidance, you can just sit in silence 
and it'll like just give you a timer and it's way less abrupt because I can tell you from personal experience, just setting like an alarm on your phone. If you get really into the meditative state and it's all like, and you're like, <gasps> like yeah. oh my God, it's so harsh. So um, I like insight timer because it's like a gong or something yeah. or chime, you know, it's not as abrasive. Um, and yeah, like those very easy questions. How can I be limitless today? Mm-hmm. Is this love or is this fear? How does this put me in my worth or does this take me out of my worth? These little mindful things and like checking in with your body for a yes or no. Your body will tell you if it's a yes or no. If you're having a hard time with a decision, one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly, three long, deep breaths. Should I do this? Yes or no. And then listen, you will hear a yes or a no. It will be clear. And then you just have to be brave enough to trust that it's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such great advice. Um, so if this is something um, you want to explore more, you have, uh, you offer a free Facebook group. Is that yeah. somewhere uh, a good starting point? Yeah, it is. Um, I generally will always tell people to follow me on my Instagram because that's where I like to play a lot, which is at the bold vocal. And yeah, the links are in the comments. Thank you, Danielle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Facebook group is also linked in there. And that one is specifically for singers. So I think that would be a great place for this community to connect. Um, I teach in there every other week. I teach a live stream um, where I'm actually right now going over the basics of singing. So I went back to zero. We're starting at the breath. Like that's <laughs> that's where we started. Mm-hmm. Um So this next few months is like really nice, basic training, but then there's also like a beautiful community in there. And then within that community, if you want to work more with me, there's opportunities to join my group coaching program, which is less than a single voice lesson per month. You can come in and get group vocal coaching. And there's, so there's two group coaching calls, two live trainings, and um, two practice power hours where I just lead a warm up and hold space for you to practice your singing for an hour. Um, and that's all included in this very low price monthly. And then there's also opportunities to work with me one-on-one if that interests you. But yeah, the Facebook group would be a wonderful place to start if you're a singer. Great. Yeah, everybody check that out for sure. Um, thank you so much for doing this.